Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. Why are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I'm smiling. I have a big glass of wine. <laughs> this is true. Big glass of wine. That's what makes her smile. Mm -hmm. So, Mother's Day weekend. Yep, yep. Exciting times ahead. Because, like, you're not spoiled every day of the year. Oh, but really, at this point, when this is released, Mother's Day is almost over. Because we're recording early. We're recording early? Yes. <laughs> Do our listeners know? They do now. Way to spoil the plot. <laughs> yes, we have lots planned this weekend. So when this comes out on Monday, we're actually recording on Friday because we're trying to get ahead of the game. So when my wife screws it up, we can re-record it <laughs> at the proper time. So far, so good. Except as soon as we went to test, you forgot to record. Yeah, but that's why we test. We tested last time too. Well, that's a different story entirely. That was then, this is now. So what are you hoping to get for Mother's Day? Um, wine. You got it. You're going to a winery. <laughs> yes, that's it. And seeing my children, <laughs> my children visit visits with them, visits with my mom, visits with your mom. What about, what about a pair of Birkenstocks? That would be a nice Mother's oh, Day Oh, I got a surprise. I got a pair of Birkenstocks as well. <laughs> <laughs> what about a leather jacket? <laughs> yep, I got that too. Spoiled. You're absolutely 100% spoiled. Yeah, but you're spoiled the rest of the year. What? <laughs> you were spoiled the you rest of the year. You just sent me a picture of all of your toys yesterday while you were in the garage. All those toys are needed to support you. Oh, oh really? Yes. Oh, your motorcycle. Makes your, you happy to ride in the back. Your Jeep. <laughs> the Jeep is under construction. You can't count the Jeep. <laughs> and the truck is to tow your trailer. <laughs> Oh, you always have an explanation, don't you? I'm just telling the truth, baby. That's just how it is. Anyways, it doesn't matter. You're spoiled. That's all that matters. Yes, I was spoiled. I I fully admit. So, yes, we're off to, uh, we're going to go see my mama. And we're going to take her out to a winery as well with you. Yeah. And we're going to take her out for a little num-num. And then we are going up to, to uh Font Hill to meet up with your daughter. Yes. And then over to Hamilton to see Mama Wilson, see if uh, she's okay. Make sure no lightning's got her. I'm sure I'll get a text or a phone call from the sun in London, because I usually do on Mother's Day. Probably not. I bet I will. Nope. I'm going to text him right now and tell him not to, <laughs> just because you were way too confident. <laughs> He'll probably hear this on Monday and then go, oh, crap. <laughs> That'll be what happens. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like a contest. This is our weekly contest. So what else will is... Quinn phone or will he not? <laughs> <laughs> so what else has been happening? Uh I don't know. You I feel like you're setting me up to forget something right now. Nope. Just asking oh, okay. how your week was, how everything. everything else is, you know, trying to make conversation in the opening like we always do. <laughs> All right. Kind of like our yeah, normal usually, routine. Usually I'll go, um, nothing, and then you'll remind me of five things. Oh my God, woman, how many of these do we have to do before you come up with knowing how we work? 
Anybody out there, you know what? I need a new partner. Is there anybody out there that wants to do a podcast? Because my partner is failing. I am not. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hear you got a good story for us. That's what you keep telling me. I, I, I like this week's story. I don't know if everybody else will, but I do. So that counts for something. That's right. So you obviously got a story. I do. Got a big glass of wine you already stated. Yep, I sure do. Then let her rip, potato chip. Okay. That's where you start telling the story in case you forgot how we run the oh, podcast. Thanks, baby. I'm glad you did that for me. Um, we're going back to Australia. It's like... Why don't you want them to listen to us? <laughs> Maybe I really want them to listen to us. We got like four listeners down there and I'm thinking you're insulting them. I am not. I am covering their late... They'll be like, ooh, this is my backyard. Possibly. I'm sure. Maybe not. Who knows where they live? And it's a big continent slash you didn't even know what it was it's both (laughs) that's the problem i didn't know which one to use because it's both (laughs) oh god i really need a new partner (laughs) anyways i feel like i say that a lot anyways yes (laughs) anyways and absolutely (laughs) okay i am talking about matthew and shannon mcguff 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 yep that doesn't sound Australian. No, it sounds... What is that? Scottish. Scottish, yeah. Okay. Anyways, they're Australian. There's anyways again. Now I'm going <laughs> to <Yeah>. count. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like someone to email us at Dead or Survive Podcast. That's, I think that's And the let thing. us know how many times when she you says start, anyways. When you start going off on a little tangent, that's how I reel you back in. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's I like what... I like my tangents. Yes. Sometimes okay. they're informative. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> um in night. 19- What's that game you play? Every time somebody says something, you take a drink, we could probably get them just ripped off of anyways. Oh yeah. That's a good that's a good plan, guys. If you're listening during hours where it's acceptable for you to be drinking. Which is pretty much any time for my if wife. Rob says absolutely. Rob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or if I say anyways, that means drink up, bitches. <laughs> All right. Okay. On with your story. We're in 1998. We are. Matthew McGough has planned a camping and fishing trip with his five-year-old daughter into the Australian outback. That doesn't sound smart to me because everything yeah. in Australia wants to eat you. He he has some experience. He makes a lot of mistakes. Like I am. Do you do you know how that just sounded? What he has lots of experience. He makes a lot of he mistakes. He does. He does. I mean, he's done this sort of thing lots of times before. But in this situation, he makes a lot of mistakes, and I know he. I know he beats himself up for it afterwards. But um, this is how we start. Um. His daughter is like the cutest little thing ever. I'll put pictures up on Instagram of when they when this is all done, but she is just adorable. Anyways, Ringo, <laughs> this wait what, a minute, hold on before we go any farther. Okay, does the daughter die? No. Okay, carry on with your story. Then. But now you just made me spoil. However, now I'm going to change it to however. Uh, it like I said before, it wasn't unusual that they do this camping trip together. They'd done it before. Matthew and Shannon's mother had separated, so she went. He went to go pick her up from her mother's house, and uh, off they went. Um, 
to the most dangerous place on the planet. Right. The outback of Australia. Right. And for our Australian listeners, if you're wondering, does this guy live near me? Well, it was, they started out in Kalgoorlie. I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's what it looks like. So that's how I'm saying it. (laughs) So there. And when I say that they're going camping, I mean, like, they are roughing it. Uh, They're not going to a provincial park with hydro and bathrooms. They're pulling up into the middle of the desert with a tent in their truck. And that is their camping trip. They they have a, there is a little pond that they're going to that he's been to before. It's a nice little fishing spot, but they're off to the great Victoria desert. Like they're going to the desert and this desert is over a hundred thousand square miles. It was only meant to be an overnight trip. Um, but it might be their last trip for a little while because Matthew got a job far away. (laughs) I can't remember where, but it was far away, but he wanted to make sure that this trip was special for him and his daughter because it might be the last time that they got to visit for a while. Okay. So like I said, this wasn't his first rodeo and he'd done this sort of thing before. So he went well-prepared. He knew the dangers that they could be facing. So they get there and the first night was a nice night. They drove 40 miles into the outback. And they did some camping and fishing in an area that Matthew knew well, but he didn't catch anything. They did some stargazing at night and had some, like, you know, like they had some father-daughter bonding time. I'm sure it was a little bit melancholy because he wasn't sure when the next time they were going to be able to hang out was, but that was that. So they had a good night. And then the next morning they woke up, but Shannon was disappointed that they hadn't caught anything. So... Matthew decided he would take her deeper into the outback for the day to another fishing hole that he knew of that was another 50 miles away. That's his daughter's name, Shannon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They drove for over two hours deeper into the desert, but Matthew wasn't able to find the fishing hole. But he he kept looking like he was sure he'd be able to find it. So they drove for over two hours deeper into the desert, but Matthew... um, Oh, I said that. You know, your stories are longer <laughs> if you uh, repeat them over and over again. I know that's what you're probably trying to do, right? You're just trying to fill space and time right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You caught me. Yeah. Did you know that he drove into the desert for two hours, deeper and deeper? So if you say that twice, did he go for four hours? Why not? It's our story. Okay. And that's not our story. Don't you drag me into this. No way. That's your story. I am not a part of this. Okay. I'm carrying on now. Okay. They drove her. No, I'm joking. I'm carrying on from the start. They drove for two hours. As they were driving over the rocky land, Matthew blows a tire. He's annoyed but not too worried because he brought three spare tires. This is what I'm saying when I say he came prepared. He had three spares. This is what I'm saying when you go to Australia. You have to carry three spares. Yes. I know. Can you imagine driving around here with three spares? That's crazy talk. It was like, I, I, I refer to it as a truck in this episode, but it's like one of those little SUVs, you know, with like the RAV4 used to have the tire on the back, right? So that's one. And then he had two more inside. So that's, yeah. <laughs> Um, so he goes out into the desert heat and changes the tire while Shannon waited, hops back into the car and started off again. 
Matthew starts to realize that he's been driving for a really long time now. And he's yeah, six hours, according to your story. <laughs> and he still hasn't been able to find the fishing hole that he was looking for. But he keeps going, thinking he'll find it eventually. And then he blows another tire. Now, Son of a bitch. Right. Now he's really annoyed. It's hot out. Like, like this is one of the hottest places on earth. Hot. <laughs> he goes out into the blaring sun in the 45 degree heat. And changes a second tire. It's a lot of work. And he is just like covered in sweat. But he out he hops and he goes and changes it. And at this point, I would have like turned around 100%. But he's determined. He wants to get, make his little girl happy. And he keeps, so he keeps going with one more spare tire. It gets to be late afternoon and over 60 miles from the first campsite when Matthew re- realizes for certain that he is lost. <laughs> That's when he realizes yes. it. Yes. Well, I guess that's, you know, that's what men do, right? I'm not lost. Pull over. No, I know where I Maybe am. we should turn around. No, 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 we got this. It's a shortcut. And he starts to worry a little bit. That's when he worries. Yeah. Two blowing tires. According to your story, nine hours of driving, 45 degree weather. Yeah. Now he's worried. Yeah. So he gives up his quest and he turns around to start heading home when he blows a third tire. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> yeah. And now he's mad. He gets out and he kicks the car a little bit and he changes the third and final tire. He gets back in afterwards and little Shannon says, are we lost daddy? And this is one of the things like, did he do the right thing or did he make a mistake? Cause he answers. Yeah, I think we are <laughs> to his five-year-old daughter. I don't know. I think I would have... He was being honest. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, I didn't see any point in lying to her other than, like, anxiety, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Okay. So now they have no more spares, and they're lost. So Matthew drives as carefully as he possibly can, trying to avoid another puncture. So while he's doing this, he's avoid- he's avoiding all the little rock outcroppings and whatnot. He doesn't want to blow a tire which is probably smart, but instead he drove through sand and he gets stuck. But he's got all his tires. <laughs> but he's like stuck, stuck. He Even with his four by four, he can't get out of it. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he kept his cool. Like, because at this point I would be like seeing red. <laughs> I'd be punching the steering wheel. I'd be like halt tearing off my shirt. <laughs> Hulk style. <laughs> it wouldn't be a pretty scene. <laughs> Matthew knows that, however, that it's getting late and they weren't going anywhere that night. So he sets up camp <laughs> and they are, not, they're deep in the desert. So obviously no cell service. So mom is at home getting worried because little Shannon was supposed to be home. Uh, so they go to bed, they have a sleep and now we're on day three because it got cold overnight it hardened the ground enough when they got up that matthew was able to get the truck out yay celebrating and feeling happy they pack up and jump back in the truck but guess what happens almost immediately blows a tire yep (laughs) he blows a tire he knows they're in trouble now but he has a plan he knows he can't drive with one flat tire without completely wrecking his rear axle So he let the air out of the other rear tire 
Was that smart? Probably, maybe, in normal circumstances. I don't know. Is it? You tell me. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I think what he's doing is, in my my, my professional auto mechanics, <laughs> uh, probably trying to keep your transfer case and everything for your four-wheel drive and your drive shaft. He's probably right. keeping a legal, uh, like an even level yeah. so it's not spinning any uh, gears or wrecking anything. Normally, like, you know, those trucks that you see that the ass ends up nice and high yeah, yeah, and the yeah. bottom ones on there, those are normally not four by fours because you have to try to keep your transfer cases oh, level. Okay. But again, I'm not a mechanic, so I mean, right. feel free to correct me on that. But anyways, that's what he's doing. Um, he's driving with two rear flat tires. Obviously, they can't go very fast. They're driving at five miles per hour, which doesn't get you very far when you have no idea where you are. Turns out, driving with two flat tires while in four-wheel drive in the scorching heat of the desert is bad for your engine. <laughs> yeah, it'd be working hard. <laughs> yeah. So the rad boiled over. Now Matthew has a choice to make. He had 20 liters of water left. And they're lost in the desert, so obviously they need water to drink. But their only chance of getting out of there right now is the truck, which needs the water and the rad. So this is like a choose your own adventure. What would you do? What would I do? Yes. I would drink some water and pee in the rad. Oh, that would be smart. <laughs> Look at you go. That's what I would do. <laughs> well, what he did was <laughs> he put half of his water in the rad and kept half for drinking. He gets back in the truck and starts driving some more. But the rad overheats again. So he adds more of his water. And then he keeps on driving. Now it's getting to be the middle of the afternoon in the 45 degree heat and the truck starts to smoke. Next thing he knows, the truck is fully engulfed in flames. He told Shannon to run while he grabbed whatever he could from the truck. It healed only seconds and the truck went up like a torch. There was nothing that they could do but watch. So they're sitting there watching the truck, their only way out of there, go up in flames. Little Shannon knows they're lost because dad told her so. <laughs> Not only that, I mean, if the truck's going up and they jumped out, they probably didn't grab any of their camping gear or any he of their He grabbed supplies. whatever he could, but it wasn't much, I'll tell you. I'll get to that. Oh, sorry. I keep ruining your story. No, that's okay. I think I'll get to that. Maybe I didn't write it down. Oh, my gosh. So he probably doesn't get anything. We don't know. Now um, we're going to be left hanging. Well, okay. I'll tell you what he had because I remember he had his tent. He had a few cans of food and he had the water. It wasn't even the tent. It was, you know, it was like the fly of the tent. That's what he had. He didn't have the actual tent. Copy. Okay. Meanwhile, Shannon's mom, Irene, has called the police because she's getting worried. So the police start a search, but they couldn't locate Matthew and Shannon. Why not? He had a big bonfire going on. That's, it was a lot of smoke. But like when I'm telling you. you were there. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's because I watched it. From what I watched, I watched this on an episode of I Shouldn't Be Alive and what they showed. You stole a story? <laughs> what the hell was that? You sounded like you transformed into a snake. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Try to add a little substance to our stories. You stole yours from the internet. You stole yours from YouTube. Always. <laughs> I admit it wholly. Okay. Um, they're down to two liters. Uh, day four. We're on day four now. They go to sleep. They wake up. It's day four. They're down to their last two liters of water. 
and they have to make their water last, so they rationed it to a couple of sips whenever they really needed it, and they set up camp as best as they could. So they have another night there. They sleep, day five, wake up. Matthew spots an old radio, radio tower on the horizon, and he thinks that if he climbs the tower, maybe he'll be able to get some cell service. He knows the rule that if you get lost in the desert, you should stay with your vehicle. But Matthew doesn't think that there's any chance of anybody finding them since they were so far from where they were supposed to be. So he grabs the remaining belongings and sets out towards the tower. When he started, the tower didn't seem that far away. But as they're walking, it was one of those, you know, mirages or <laughs> yeah, optical it's like illusions. Optical illusion. Yeah. So it seems like it's getting further and further as they're walking. And they're walking through the desert with hardly any water. So they ended up having to stop and rest a lot. It took them four hours, but they did finally reach the tower. It's just like a rusty old thing in the middle of the desert. There's no little house there. There's nothing. It's just a tower. So he climbs to the top. And guess what? Cell service. Nope. (laughs) Nope. There was no signal there either. (laughs) So he climbs back down. On this night... It could have been worse. I guess the rusty old tower could have broke. He could have cut his hand that's open. That's true. It could, could have, have been your hate. Yep. On this night, the temperatures drop drastically. And they don't have a tent. And they're at risk of hypothermia. Isn't that weird, eh? Yeah. How the desert goes like yeah. that. One minute you're on fire because it's so hot. And the next yeah. minute you're freezing. Yeah. It, it, like the shock that your body has to go through really... Matthew starts a fire and wraps Shannon up in his arms and tries to keep her warm. But they make it through the night. Day six. They're now on their last can of food and the last sips of water. Matthew suddenly can hear a helicopter. They get up and they start waving their hands and it flies directly overhead. But as in all my other stories, the helicopter doesn't see them. How does that work? How does every story you have, nobody, uh, rescue people are out there looking. Why why do they even, do they ever find anybody ever? Because all of my stories, they never find anybody. I don't know. I don't know. But it's starting to get annoying. (laughs) Matthew has another one of his ideas. Matthew needs to stop having ideas. (laughs) Yes, he does. Especially this one. He decides he's going to send up a smoke signal. So he starts a bush bushfire. Do you remember my Yellowstone guy story with the bushfire? Well, yeah, it's like that. I didn't even get the answer. Because I don't know what you're doing over there, but it didn't look like you had an answer. Anyways. <gasps> I always have an answer. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. Um, the fire gets out of control. It burns all of the remaining possessions, and the wind is blowing all the smoke directly at them. Did he start the Australian outback fire? <laughs> no. No. Was that what was carrying on in 2020 still? <laughs> um, and there's a lot of smoke again. And there, it makes them like cough and choke on it. And he, Matthew puts Shannon's head in his into his chest so that she can try to breathe but they eventually the fire burns itself out when it has when it runs out of stuff to burn because all that's left is sand right yep yep sand and fire don't go well yeah yeah. and the pair are now they've got all of this smoke inhalation going on so they finish off the last of their water 
Now they have absolutely nothing except for the clothes that they're wearing. And another night passes. Day seven. They haven't had any water in 12 hours. And Matthew's about to make another questionable decision. Matthew tells Shannon that if they don't get found that day, he doesn't think they'll make it through. To his his five-year-old. Does he have a knife? Like, did he tell her, like, she should slit him open and drink his blood? He does have a knife, actually, in his pocket. We'll get to that. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Matthew starts decides that it's time to start walking in the direction that the helicopter came from. The land is more open there and he figures that they'll have a better chance of being seen if they come over again. But this just dehydrates them more and Shannon ends up collapsing. Matthew tries to pick her up and carry her. At this point, he's just too weak to carry her. It's now been 24 hours since Shannon has had any water. So Matthew decides that he will give her a drink of his blood. Look at you being all prophetic. I would have survived, All eh? prophetic over there. <laughs> Look at me. I would have survived this shit. <laughs> he pulls a pocket, a pocket out of his knife. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. I mean, that's another questionable decision. I would have taken the knife out of my pocket, but I guess you're... you're pocket out of your knife could work he pulls a pocket knife out of his pocket how about that sure (laughs) and he puts it to his wrists and he starts pressing only to realize that the knife was too dull to cut him open just sorry everybody i'm just interrupting for one second i can't tell if that's two empty bottles over there or (laughs) a glass one half of a glass what's that empty bottle that's not wine that's just me What's that empty bottle? That's from last time. Oh. Yeah. Okay, carry just on. just didn't make it downstairs. Carry on, knife okay. pocket. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay, what did I say? You said something about taking a knife out of his pocket to give yeah. her some blood. Oh, right. And he puts it to his wrist and he starts pressing, only to realize that his knife was too dull to cut him open. Oh, we heard this story before too, right? What's that? Wasn't the guy had a doll knife and he cut his leg off inside of a crib? Then he had called, pulled himself. Oh to yes, the... yeah. That, Am I the, the only one that farmer, listens to your stories? The farmer guy. <laughs> Jesus. Well, when you said crib, that like completely the threw corn me off. crib. Right. It took me a second. I got there. Oh, drink your wine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Night's falling again. Matthew pulls a flaming log out of the fire and goes out into the open and starts waving it around. He's hoping to get somebody's anybody's attention at this point then he sees a pair of headlights heading straight towards them so this is it they are rescued no 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 it turns out to be poachers that are killing kangaroos and then they try to take them as hostages to get ransom money no we'll never know who these people are because before the car gets to them it veers off the driver doesn't see them or it does and is like i don't want anything to do with this and takes off who knows right Matthew yeah, is getting you know, some crazy guy wheeling fire around out in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> Maybe I would be turning. Yeah, I might turn around too. Actually, I I would. Uh, yeah, hopefully I would send the police or something. Going, yeah, you might want to check this out, but maybe not. Matthew's convinced that he and Shannon are not going to survive this night, but they do. Day eight, Shannon's organs have started to shut down. But he, they manage to get up and start stumbling on, and they find a track that was clearly used by vehicles. 
It was the track that the car had been using the night before. So he starts following the track in hopes that another vehicle might come until Shannon collapses again and can't go any further. And she's becoming unresponsive. It's the hottest day yet. And Matthew wanted to protect her from the sun. So he dug a hole in the ground and put her in and covered her up with dirt to protect her from the sun. Matthew lays her in the hole and realizes that he may have just dug his daughter's grave. Oh, man. Right? Terrible, terrible stuff. (sighs) And then he lies on the ground next to her and he gives up. And he's just laying there. And then he hears a car. He jumps up and he starts waving his arms and he can see the car has seen him and it stops. He ran back to get Shannon and get her out of the hole and the driver gave her water. When she was brought later in for examination, doctors figured that she had only a few more hours to live. But they are rescued for real this time. Yay! (laughs) Yes. Matthew and Shannon are still close and still go camping together. Now with more supplies and they don't go as deep into the desert. In fact, actually, one time he they were camping and Matthew said, let's just go over here and do something over here. And Shannon was like, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, do you think? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, so that is the story of Matthew and Shannon McGough. So I guess after your story, it's my turn. It is so. Now, I have a couple little stories for you today. Okay. Um. So this one wasn't a very long one, but I had to put it on there because I really think this tops off some of the, like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what goes through people's heads. <laughs> it makes you angry. You're shaking your fist. Well, cause this is so stupid. <laughs> like this is stupid. Okay. So stupid. Okay. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I think it's a little silly. <laughs> a man in Alabama. Oh, should so, I say it or should you? What? Say what? <laughs> say, well, there's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> so our Johnny in Alabama right. died from a rattlesnake bite. Okay. Big deal, right? Big it deal. Happens. Who cares? It happens, right? People get bit by rattlesnakes. Yeah. There's a little twist to this story. Okay. And this what makes him a Darwin Award winner. Okay. So this guy and his friend, so Johnny and Johnny Jr., okay. I guess, were playing catch with the rattlesnake. Come on. Come on. Yes. That's like Russian roulette snake style. Right? Like, <laughs> what do you, why are you playing catch with a rattlesnake? What is going through your head? What? Okay. I don't know. Do you see what I mean? These get frustrating. Did Johnny have a sister mother? <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know was he died and his friend is going to be a future Darwin Award candidate, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Like, it was one or the other. Like, like uh, I don't know. He's lucky that it didn't bite him and then go back for revenge on the other guy. Right. <laughs> well, they both got bit. Oh. Yeah. They both got bit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the one got, um, the one was hospitalized and got, and, but the other guy died. So they both got bit. So one guy got bit and they still kept playing? 
Like, how does I, that happen? Maybe the rattlesnake went back and got him, like you said. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he got bit and he I, threw the snake. He went, oh, and he threw it at him and then it bit him. I, I don't know. I, how did one guy make it to the hospital? I don't know. The real question here is, why are you playing catch with a rattlesnake? I don't know, but I really hope it's my version. I really hope that snake back <laughs> went back for revenge. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. So. I just had to do that one because I heard that one. I looked it up. I read it. And I'm like, are you kidding? Because I was in the middle of the night when I was listening to that one story. And I'm like, no, I didn't hear that That's right. That's the thing, though. Sometimes guys are like, who's going to be macho -er? Oh, guys. Guys, okay, here we go. Who's going to be macho -er? And then the one guy's like, oh, do you want to play catch with the rattlesnake? Thinking the other guy's going to go, uh, no. And then he's like, yeah, because he doesn't want to be the unmacho guy. And this is how it starts. No. <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> Anyways. Story... Drink up, bitches. <laughs> story number two. In a West Texas town, employees <laughs> in a medium-sized warehouse noticed the smell of gas. Okay. Sensibly, the management evacuated the building. Good job. Right? And they extinguished all potential sources of uh ignition so they turned off the lights the power everything okay this is natural gas right that we're yes. talking about okay yeah what'd you think it was just making sure because you never know with your stories well, what other kind of like, gasoline but i said it was in a warehouse it was exactly oh, but boy. you never just you just never all know. right yes it was natural gas leaking out so after the building had been evacuated two technicians from the gas company were dispatched yes Right? That's what you do. You call the professionals. Good job. Good job. Right? Upon entering the building, they found that it was difficult to navigate and find the source of the gas because... There's no lights? Right. You're not going to tell me that the natural gas people did something stupid. Like lit a match. <laughs> no, I am not okay. going to tell you that. Okay. Okay. So... They tried to turn on the lights, but of course they had shut all the power down. So when they got frustrated that none of the lights were wor were working, one of the technicians reached into his pocket and pulled out a lighter. It wasn't a match. Ha ha. Oh my God. These people are trained for this. <laughs> they go to school for this. Right? Right. So yeah, they said, uh, so yeah, uh, where I lost my story. So yeah, they went into their thing, pulled out. Um, they well, they said the object resembled a lighter because they're these these are witnesses outside that were watching yeah, and seeing yeah. the way. But they um, so yeah. Then all of a sudden they uh, did that. The warehouse exploded, setting pieces it pieces of the warehouse up to three miles away. That's how much gas had Holy. built up in there. Nothing was found of the technicians, but there was a lighter found virtually untouched by the explosion. How is there nothing left of the technicians, but there's that lighter is still intact. I don't know. Maybe somebody dropped it and set them up. Maybe it's not even a Darwin. Maybe, maybe. it's a conspiracy. Maybe. Maybe so it was hiring government documents. More conspiracy theories. We're going to change our <laughs> podcast to all conspiracies all the time. Oh my God though. Like, yeah, like these people, like you said, they're, they're, they're trained yeah why would you even think like i don't know like that what i don't know i see what you, i mean you, this hurts my your head your stories always leave so many questions <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, yeah they do 
<laughs> now this one is awesome. Oh, you sound excited. I am very excited about this one because this would be, okay, I don't think I would do this, but my God, would I love to be there when this happened? Okay. Because I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> I kind of would like to watch two guys playing catch with a rattlesnake, honestly. Not if the rattlesnake <laughs> got pissed off and went nuts on everybody. <laughs> right? Okay. So, story number three. Okay. One day, the Arizona Highway Patrol came upon a pile of smoldering metal embedded into the side of a cliff. You can see I took that right out of the story. Yeah, right? that's, a copy and, that's a copy and That's paste. a copy and paste if I've ever seen one, right? Yeah. Um, so embedded the side of the cliff, which rose above the road at, oh, here's another copy and paste, because I went with some, at the apex of the curve. The acne. <laughs> no, the oh, apex. The, of the curve. Okay. Oh, my God. This is why <laughs> you can't do my stories. What are you doing? <laughs> acne. What are you doing? Wiley Coyote going on? Roadrunner? Beep, beep. Drink your wine. Shush. I shall. <laughs> Shush your face, drink your wine. The wreckage resembled the site of an airplane crash. But it's up, you know, like yeah. up in the, like, 125 meters in the air. Okay. It was a car. And it... The type of car was unidentifiable at the scene. The lab finally figured out what happened. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. It seems that Johnny had somehow got a hold of a jet-assisted takeoff unit. Come on. This is actually a solid fuel rocket used to give heavy military transportation planes an extra push for takeoff. How the hell did he get that? I don't know, but I want one. <laughs> <laughs> he decided to take his Chevy Impala out into the desert. In cliffs. Out into the desert and okay. found a. Can I finish my story? I'm, I'm listening. No, you're not listening. Yes. You're telling me what's going on. You're not even listening. There was no cliffs. Where did the cliffs come from? I thought you said at the very beginning there was. He went cliffs. off the curve and hit something. Oh, curve! I heard cliff. I heard when you said curves. I was picturing curves. Yeah, and, and you were already onto Acme too. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said Shush. Acme because I was thinking about the tip top of the. Shush. <sighs> Thank you. You're exhausting. You're exhausting. You're interrupting <laughs> my stories. You're not even listening. Uh, so yeah, so this uh, this rocket is to give airplanes a push. So military, like the big heavy ones that have yeah. like, you know, the tanks and stuff inside them, they give yeah. them that push to get them off the ground. That's what this is for. And he decided to strap it to his Impella. Oh my God. So yeah, he's out and he went out and found a long, straight stretch of the road. Long, straight, okay. clear stretch. I'm picturing rat race in my head right now. Why are you picturing rat race? Because of when they're doing that rocket, that rocket car in rat race. Oh, all right. So, anyways, to uh, so I don't have to keep going jet assisted takeoff. We're going to call it Jato, J A T O. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and then he jumped in and got his car up to speed. And then when he got it up to speed, he hit the button. Okay. Now, the operator of the 1967 Impala hit the Jato ignition at a distance of approximately, this is all right off of the, so I got the right numbers, approximately three miles from the crash site. That's when he hit the ignition. Oh, he didn't get very far. That's how so, far away he was. Oh, three miles, I guess, is far. If you, okay, carry on. <laughs> Would you like to tell the story? I'm just being engaged. <laughs> 
know you're being obnoxious. <laughs> Three miles away from the crash site. This was this was estimated by the, how far the uh, metal and the asphalt that was at that location was. That's crazy. So the Jado, if operating properly, would have reached a maximum thrust within five seconds, causing the Chevy to reach speeds well in the excess of 350 miles Jesus. per hour. Okay. And continuing at full power for an additional 20 to 25 seconds. The driver, soon to be pilot, would have experienced G forces, usually reserved for dogfighting F 14 jocks wow. under full afterburns, basically causing them to become insignificant for the remainder of the event. Like he's just, just done like, again. Like, yeah. yeah, passed out. So, however, without him even driving or doing anything now, because now he's passed out, gone, right? The automobile remained on the straight highway for about two and a half miles or for 15 or 20 seconds. Wow. The driver tried to apply the brakes and they melted the brakes and blew all the tires and left the thick. So here we go with tires blowing. Again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Left the, left the uh, thick rubber marks on the road to the surface. The car then became airborne oh for an additional 1.4 miles. Come on. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. And then hit above the curb into the cliff face at a height of 125 meters, leaving a blackened crater three feet deep into the rock. Wow. Can you imagine being the person who had to figure that out? That's what you go with. Yeah. That's what you go with. It comes back Could you imagine the, seeing that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely Wiley e. Coyote stuff. <laughs> he would have caught the Roadrunner with that shit. <laughs> Don't you remember in Rat Race and they're in the rocket car and then the bullet because somebody shoots a gun and they can see they're going the same speed as the bullet? Yes. That's exactly what I'm picturing in my head right now. Most of the driver's remains were not recoverable. However, small fragments of bone, teeth, and hair were removed from the crater and fingernail and bone shards removed from a piece of the debris believed to be portions of the steering wheel. So not an open casket. Uh, no, no, yeah. not an open casket. Small little box. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, those are my stories. I guess if they're allowed to be, would you like to finish or anything, honey? Would you like to? <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. But we did. We talked about doing a switch up day one day, right? Yeah. Maybe one day far in the future. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we're talking about doing backwards day. Yeah. Where I tell a story of survival. Right. Which was trying to get through my last story without Cheryl interrupting. <laughs> I think I survived that. Maybe I'll tell that story. And Cheryl will do a Darwin story. Right. You won't do it as well as me. You don't know. I know. Nope. I tell you, you don't tell me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> guess what time it is? It is call to action time. It wasn't even written down. <laughs> you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again, everybody. Uh, numbers, uh, same very consistent. So thank you very much um, for that. If uh, yes. Make sure you tell all your friends and stuff like that. If you have anything, like if you want to tell us how many times Cheryl said anyways, uh, yes. email, us at, did you get? email us at at gmail.com. Thank you. And as always, our picture will be up on the Instagram, Instagram. and It'll Facebook. And we will make sure everything gets shared out there. So yes. now, only one last thing to do. One little thing. You told me it was going to take you a really long time to find your dad joke, and it took you seconds. So. Well, because I found a couple, and I this one is meh. I think you're gonna get it right away, so I'm not oh, really. I hope so. I like I'm when not, I get it. Not That's really my impressed favorite. with it. 
That's my favorite. So why did the Skittle go to college? I can't. Because he wanted to be a smarty. Oh, oh. see, I went Eminem in my head. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. That's where you go when you have a whole bunch of wine in your head. <laughs> I was like, what's Eminem got to do with college? I don't know. <laughs> How do you know that Medusa was the hottest woman alive? Because it hissed. Because she made everybody rock hard. Oh, oh. Bum, see that one's better. Like <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate all the support as always. Thank yes, you, and thank please you keep sharing much. it. And I am out. Okay, goodbye.